0: Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face-to-face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Welcome to Encounter Grace. We're so glad you've joined us. I'm Jason McKnight, and with me today is Kent Henderson. He's the associate pastor here at Grace Fellowship Church, and we're going to talk worship. Like, why do they keep singing those songs I don't like and other mysteries of the universe? So, Kent, welcome. Thanks, man. It's good to be here. Thanks for uh, being uh, with us. Look at you. Now, Now, people don't know this, but you have worked at Grace. You've been at Grace for 20 years. For more than a thousand Sundays, you've let us in worship. Why have you done this for 20 years? Yeah, that's a lot of Sundays. It's a lot. I don't of think I'd add them up a thousand. <laughs> I feel
1: like I've been here for most of those. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, twenty years. So two thousand. It's uh it's the year we got married. So the huh. good thing is my anniversary and our anniversary mm-hmm. at Grace is two weeks apart. So <laughs> that's kinda cool. And the marriage precedes like That's right. What, yeah, 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 I good. got married first. Good. So um but we love it here. We've I think I wasn't sure that I was called to be a worship pastor before we came to Grace, but I was pretty sure God had called me to work in the local church. Huh. So I think that's kinda where it started. And, um, so I love that having been in the same place, you know, we're now in a place where, um, we've seen kids who were, you know, like preschool who are now married, uh, or kids who are in our youth band who have now come back and serving in our adult praise Mm -hmm. team because they moved back home or they've started their own family. And that's something really kind of special, I think. Uh, And and, and there's different benefits to being in different ministries over your lifetime, but um, 20 years, that's one of the really cool blessings. But I mean, the reason is I still love leading worship. I still Mm -hmm. love watching God's people engage with him on Sunday together in a way that's different, maybe on your own. And, um, and the teams I've been able to work with, uh, just a lot of fun and yeah, a good yeah. spirit, a humble, but like, let's do this kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. And, and they try new stuff when I have like weird and dumb ideas. Once in a while they work and the rest we don't
0: do the following year. Well, there you go. Well So tell us, how have you changed over this year and how have you seen the church change over this year? I mean, this is one local church, yeah. but you got to watch it. Sure, sure. Uh, We've met in different places, and I have a lot of friends who
1: who are pastors or lead worship. Um, Some do portable church. You know, Mm -hmm. some meet in rented locations, some meet in permanent locations. And the cool thing is we've done all of those. Uh, We've been in different spaces. So that can be a change that maybe not so much season, but more season of where you are as a church, Mm -hmm. whether you're a new church plant or an established traditional church. Um, And there's really cool things about all of those. And um, so we've seen those changes here as grace has changed and i've uh, been in a permanent space but you know trends change um things over the years you know a couple of things i was thinking about that um you know the internet was not as big a thing when i started well that's true for sure you know algor didn't even invent it that's right who's that again no, <laughs> no. kids don't know who that is <laughs> if he wasn't a bernie meme then they don't know who it is <laughs> yeah, That's right. Um, But, you know, people have a lot more access to things now than they used to, including music, including worship, including uh, Spotify and all these other things, which there's a lot of good opportunities about that. And um, so, you know, even hearing people say, oh, I heard this, you know, if it wasn't played on the one Christian station
0: 20 years ago, then
1: nobody went on or the one conference they went to, Mm -hmm. you know, passion conferences were a new thing, like in the late 90s. And um, so in, in some sense, that's really good. There's this really broad availability of worship music. Some of it's great, some of it's good, some of it maybe not so much. But um, it's changed kind of how what people listen to and what they can be listening to, and then how you can engage with them. But people are busy. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that's changed, but there's a lot more opportunities for busyness now. And yeah. that's that fight for, for our attention that you know, worship draws us back to on Sunday. It's like, no, nothing else is more important on Sunday
0: morning right. than opening our hearts and the Word together mm-hmm. as God's people. And that's it, like together, like, I mean, because I worship on my own each day, Mm -hmm. you know, with the Lord, but then there's something special about coming together. And, and it's just honestly, because we've worked together almost 18 years and you've been here 20 years, but it's just a joy to get to be at home together with the body of the Lord. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So tell me, what's the worst feedback you've ever gotten? Not from me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um,
1: Well, one time my wife said, no, I won't, I'm just kidding. (laughs) She gives me the best honest feedback, Mm. so I can get the best worst feedback from home. Yeah, and she's also very encouraging because you know she loves you. She does, and and she um and she cares. Yeah, she loves to worship, and loves the Lord. Uh, The funniest or like strangest one I ever got. This was way back in the day, but we made the mistake of saying, "Let's do a survey of what people think Uh, in the congregation." Which is, like, the heart behind it was great, but you know you just get everything, and you get people who don't really, who they're not, they don't understand what's going on. And somebody said. I think Kent thinks he's a rock star, <laughs> I <all> the thing, <laughs> which is weird because, you know, I only wear sequins like on the first Sunday of the month. It's very communion Sundays. That's right. <laughs> um, I was in like an emo phase back then too, like 90s Brit stuff was going on.
0: <laughs> so, so. so what do you say to the person who's thinking in their head, I hate this song, why do they keep doing this song? Yeah, um, that's a great question because I've said that too. I've said that to myself. Why
1: am I singing this song? Hmm. Um, as the leader, you've said that. As the leader, ah. I've sung songs that I mean, maybe "hates" a strong word, yeah. but I've led songs and certainly sung songs that I go, "Yeah, this this doesn't really connect with me. I'm not feeling this," um, and for different reasons. But actually, I love when people ask that because, huh. especially if they're willing to verbalize it, because it means first of all they care, yeah, or at least they're thinking about it. Um, and it depends. I think when anyone comes with a, a criticism or or maybe it's just a I'm not sure that's what we should be doing. You want to hear that from a standpoint of, um, well, this is somebody they care enough to ask. And then you want to go, what is the attitude they're bringing with it? Is it legitimately I want to help make things better? Right. Or I care about what my church is doing because I'm a part of it? Or is it really just sort of a cheap shot? If it's a cheap uh, shot, yeah. you, you might handle that a little differently. And, and, and you're going to speak kindly to them. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll consider that. Or you can explain. And so sometimes if it's a song that somebody's like, I don't get that song or I'm not into it. More people might think that than would say it. Yeah. But what yeah, I usually true. tell people is I totally understand. And what might be helpful to understand is somebody else in the room, and I've actually done this. Somebody said, I don't really like that one. They said it in gentler words of that. I said, well, I totally understand. It's not for everybody. But what I can tell you is there's a woman here who goes to our church who is a single mom. She actually requested we do that because she said it was powerful to her. Oh, At a time when there was yeah. brokenness in her life, she had lost someone dear to her. And I thought, and not to be like, ha, ah, so there. No. But it was like, no, no, no. This is a life of the body thing. Yeah. And the person really softened and said, oh, wow, I would have never known that. I said, well, I wouldn't either. And if if I was picking songs, that wouldn't be my top of my list either. Right. As a matter of fact, I got a request just yesterday after church. Somebody texted me and said... Um, Hey, I don't know if you take requests, which I love when people start with that. <laughs> if like, you put bread in my jar. <laughs> that's right. But I've got two songs, and they were like old school, like Because He Lives, you know, Gaither's from the 70s yeah, yeah, and, and I something else. Imagine. I don't remember right now. It was even older than that. Um, but actually, they're both great songs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know if we'll do them. Maybe right. Easter will do Because He Lives. And I, first yeah. of all, I always just say, well, thank you for letting me know if it's a, a song that's meant something to you. Um, it doesn't mean we will necessarily do. I never promise right away. Right. <laughs> that, yeah. Oh yeah, we'll do it because this isn't karaoke or, or like a yeah. request night. But because um, we do consider what we do carefully. Mm-hmm. But you know, also encourage people. You know, if that song has been powerful to you, uh, sing it. You know, on Get your it on own your or, pl- or see if it makes sense in your small group to play. And there's mm-hmm. reasons we might or might not do ones here, but mm-hmm. but
0: that's okay. Well, let's talk about that. Like like as we're listening to this or watching this, let's talk about what is going through a worship leader's mind? Because if I'm not the worship leader, I'm not thinking through all those dynamics. So first of all, what do you look for in a song? Right, right. Um, Does it have any opportunity for an
1: 80s, like a breakdown rock star guitar solo? If it's got that, I'm good with it.
0: (laughs) Okay, good, Like if we can do
1: anything journey. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's not at all what I'm looking for. Um, No, a couple, obviously the first thing you want to look for is, is it, does it have something to say? Like, Mm. is there some biblical richness to it? Is there some depth there? Um, You know, there's an old classification. People used to say, Oh, that's one of those Jesus, my boyfriend songs, you know, it's just kind of a love song. But if you're thinking about Jesus and I just, that that's not where I think our best songs are going to come from. That's not the mindset we want to have. There is, there is an aspect of Jesus that uh, we're the bride of Christ and that sort of thing. But um, man, like, Is it saying something about the cross? Is it saying something about the return of Christ or about sin and death and and the cross and resurrection and new life in Christ? So we're looking, is there something theologically meaningful? And then on a practical level, is it singable? Um, There are some Uh songs that might be great, but the range is like crazy. And you know, certain singers you might hear on the radio could do it, but the average guy sitting in your church might struggle or it might be just in a weird place. Or your singers might have trouble pulling it off because we're just regular folks. You know, we're not all... We don't have all that. We're not all the Nashville stars up in here. Mm-hmm. So, um, we but want we to... all think we are in the shower. <laughs> That's right. Or the car. But thankfully, we don't do worship in the shower with our... <laughs> anyway. Um, so, you know, sort of some practical things. Is it theologically meaningful? Every song doesn't have to be super deep. You know, there's huh. songs we sing that cover a lot of theological territory. And we love those. Some of the hymns do that. Some of the new hymns. I'm okay with simple as long as it's clear what we're singing about. Um, You know, if it's simple and it's just sort of mushy love song, then uh, you know that's we can do better. Like, there's just so much more. If we're gonna have three, four, five songs on a Sunday, let's make them count. Um, But but a lot of them reflect the psalms, and in some ways, those are simple cries for help or they're simple laments to the Lord. Or they're just simple proclaim His greatness, proclaim His excellencies, Amazing. you know, shout to the yeah, Lord all the earth, right. those sort of things. Um, so, you know, you're looking for is it rich, is it singable, and does it fit our congregation? There are songs that I would love to do, mm-hmm. but it doesn't fit us because we're not a gospel choir. But I have a buddy who leads worship at the next town over, and they would do songs by, totally, by John P. Key and other groups that I would, I would love to sing with but it just doesn't fit our culture here. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can break out a, a bluegrass or a folk tune once in a while, and there's a certain group of our congregation that would oh, jump right on it, that, yeah. like that fits a voice that they're comfortable mm-hmm. with and can sing something meaningful. So those things matter too. Um, you and know, also who, what the team can do. Exactly, yeah, who do we have? Yeah. Um, you just, you wanna stretch people and give them an opportunity to grow, but not to the point that they break. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't ask, um, you know, a, a teenager to sing a song that maybe is more of a, a 70s rock style, unless yeah. that was something they're really comfortable with, is they're developing in their skill, developing in their heart for worship, because mm-hmm. um, it's going to sound fake. It's not going to be authentic. Mm-hmm. So that definitely matters. Yeah. You know?
0: What's the difference between, so again, we're still sort of sitting in the pew watching this all unfold and being a part of it. What's the difference between being a worship leader and being a performer? Mm.
1: Yeah, that's a good question, and there is a difference. And i I would say, I would say both have a legitimate place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the word "perform" can have a negative connotation to it, and I think when we're talking about worship ministry, we tend to shy away from it, and that's probably a good thing for the most part because we're not performing in terms of um, the word "perform" can be associated with entertainment. So I'm just amusing people, And, and amuse, you know, meaning not think, turn it, turning hmm. off the thinking. Yeah, amuse. Um, But I think there is a place for performance. I think uh, there are places for Christian concerts. And often we'll have, not often, but occasionally we'll have someone sing a song where the congregation really is listening. Right. And I can, I remember a lady once saying, I love it when so-and-so sings that song. This was a woman dying of cancer, and I'm just remembering this from like seven years ago. She said, I love it when so-and-so sings that song. Because sometimes when I'm singing, as much as I love to sing, I realize I'm trying to think about how does the melody go and, and I'm getting ready for the next line. But when I'm listening, I can absorb and go, oh, that was so powerful. That's great. And it was a song about hope and hard times. It was a song mm-hmm. about God's grace through trial and struggle. Mm-hmm. And so I think there is a place for that. But I think the overall call for churches is to gather, You know, as Paul says in Ephesians, to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs mm-hmm. to encourage one another and to the Lord. So there's this horizontal aspect we're building up one another. And you can only do that if we're all participating. It's just mm. like praying. That's good, You know, it's not only a pastor who prays. We all are to pray for one another and encourage one another. And so I think that's the larger portion of what our gathering should be about is worshiping together. And so, you know, for us as worship leaders, we're thinking, how do we engage the congregation? So again, those you know, the songs we choose, are they singable? Is this authentic uh, for mm-hmm. the people in our congregation? You know, if, if it's sort of got uh, too much metaphor in it, Um, Is it going to be hard for people to really go, what's this about? Uh, But if they can get it, and sometimes you just teach it. You know, explain, here's what this is about, or here's the link to Scripture, and help people get on board. And then we're doing it together, just like
0: we're loving one another and serving one another and praying for one another. It's interesting how you say, and sometimes you just stop and teach it for a minute. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you do super well is uh, a 38-second teaching point, or... Or sermon, if you will. I mean, just like you're, you're right. imparting truth from from God's word or God's character to us, but you're doing it in in 22 seconds or 41 seconds between songs, and it's a, it's really an art form. I mean, uh, do you put uh, those? I mean, does, does it take you as long as it takes me to do a sermon? <laughs> I, hope, I hope not. Um, and I learned that early on. And
1: I guess that's where I say going back to my call, I knew it was to ministry, mm. but I did not feel called to preach, mm, and I yeah. I couldn't figure out why. And I you know I took the homiletics classes and had some experience there. And just found that wasn't where I felt like I was really being used of the Lord. Mm-hmm. But man, I started leading worship and working with teams and thought, yeah, this, I get excited about this. And I feel like I'm really, you know, I'm just hitting the center of the racket when I do that, yeah. W- yeah. when the Lord's in it and it's not just my flesh. But um, yeah, I think I grew into that part because I felt like I want people to understand what we're saying and what mm-hmm. we're doing. Yeah. I don't want you to just parrot something we heard on the radio or just play in favorites and sing along. Um, because if that's all worship is, I think, we're, or, or that's how we think it is, we're missing it. Even sung worship, but to really understand, um, and so I think it's so important. And sometimes that's just going to point to the scripture. Hey, this song is really right. rooted in Psalm one hundred, or it's really rooted in Ephesians two. And sometimes it's just reminding people, um, you know, wherever you are in life this morning, uh, mm-hmm. here's where. This song can give you hope and give you encouragement or challenge you, you know, if it's a song of confession or a psalm of lament.
0: Now, let me take us farther because we've been talking all about music. Right. And worship is so much more than that. And the worship of the church together, the worship service is the whole thing, including everything, like way more than picking four or five songs on a Sunday morning. So tell me what, how you think of leading the whole church through the whole time sure. as a body. Sure. And I think that actually that right
1: there is one of the ways I think the church has grown maybe from like the 60s and 70s. And when I was a kid, the 70s and 80s, even until the last 20 years, like that's a big shift as the church has said, hey, worship is more than just singing songs or listening to the musicians sing for us primarily. Um, And I think that's been a good thing as the church has said, man, we want to meet the Lord. The presence of the Lord is among us. And um, yes, He's there when the Word is preached and read, but also Mm -hmm. as we sing Mm -hmm. and as songs just as a way to express our heart of adoration or proclamation or confession, whatever those things are. So, music is certainly a part of that, it's a big part of it, but um, one of the things the Lord convicted me about a few years ago was I think the reading of Scripture by Mm -hmm. God's people with God's people is so important because you see it it throughout the history of god's people new testament and of course several sort of highlighted places like you know ezra there nehemiah rebuilding the wall and he gathers Mm -hmm. people and they're just weeping hearing the word of god and the power of the word of god just being read and um something we often say here is hey whatever else you say today it's sunday morning Mm -hmm. whatever else you say this week you're about to read god's word aloud god's word aloud, you will be doing something absolutely pleasing to the lord and absolutely right Mm -hmm because that's you're voicing so his promises back yeah. to him. So reading scripture is a part of that. So sometimes you look and go, how does that frame? Sometimes with the message, sometimes just with the proclamation we're singing about at that moment. But other things that you know all churches do, there's time for giving. Well, that's an act of worship.
0: Huh. Yeah. Whether,
1: whether you're physically dropping in a plate or even just praying over and reminding people the ties and the offerings, and um, that's an act of worship. I think even the welcome, both mm-hmm. folks at the front doors or however the congregation uh, might enter in, in a particular local church, as well as from the platform. Someone is saying, good morning. Someone is saying, here's why we're here today. Mm-hmm. Someone is reminding the people, we're the church. And as wow. we gather, you know, and then leading from there. And that's pastoral. So mm-hmm. I think one of the tr- traditions of a music director that's morphed into worship leader or worship pastor that's been helpful is that pastoral part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That is... Um, Oh, it's shepherding the congregation is leading not just yeah. we're doing singing and then it ends and we move to the next thing so i think that's been good a couple other little things even the announcements you know we've talked about instead of just saying here's what's happening this week make sure you sign up for it right on, here's yeah. an opportunity where god's at work and you can join him yes you know, so oh it's not just an announce- announcement announcement <laughs> it's joining god in his work be it for this ministry opportunity to serve down at the soup kitchen or be it Mm -hmm. joining, um, you know, a small group this week that's opening God's Word together.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right, as we do body life. Let me take that one step further because, you know, we're in the era of COVID and everything changed for us, you know, about a year ago, give or take. So how have you wrestled with and led God's people in worship online and in person and online? Now it's kind of hybrid. Right. Right. By God's grace. Yeah, (laughs) and
1: every church knows they've had to make a shift uh, to a certain extent. We had been doing live streaming a little bit and obviously that became a bigger thing and kind of Mm -hmm. became for a while there the primary thing in terms of Sunday ministry because we couldn't gather. And so I think learning, even the tech side of that, just stepping up our game a little (laughs) bit going, all right, we got to make sure this is done as well as we can for our budget and our resources. And, uh, and asking people to be engaged. Hey, mm-hmm. let us know you're watching, and sending out, uh, you know, resources both Bible study wise or how to engage in prayer, and learning some of those things. Even communicating, you know, like to the camera. Hey, we're glad you're here this morning, and right. addressing folks. Right. And it's tough. And at the end of the day, we'd still rather see people in person. You know, when it's mm-hmm. safe for those who who need a quarantine, we totally understand. But it's just better to be together there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you can't, then you know, these are some great supplemental tools, but Mm -hmm. we have had to make some adjustments and, you know, learning from others, we haven't done it perfectly, but even doing this kind of thing here, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, it's, it's a way that hopefully we can help encourage folks and equip. So let's go back to music for a second.
0: What groups do you draw from? Like what worship groups out there that that nourish you or like if I'm listening today and I I got my one group that I like or two, what helps you? Right, right. Uh, yeah. A lot of stuff. I have a pretty broad palette. I try not to just drink from one
1: fountain, um, but some of the groups that I would say I absolutely trust anything they put out, mm. um, because I know they're serious about the theologically rooted writing. Groups like Indelible Grace, mm-hmm. um, Shane and Shane, mm-hmm. um, Sovereign Grace, or some we've been to their conferences, the Gettys, those sort of things. Yeah. Even Vertical Worship out of Chicago. I just know they're very intentional about mm-hmm. how they write. Um, there's, a, there's some great groups doing new versions of old hymns, like um, huh. Ascend the Hill. It's worth checking out, especially if you like something that's a little different, little maybe like folk meets alternative. I don't even know how to describe it. Um, love it. But uh, there's a group that's doing some fresh stuff called Maverick City that's mm. uh, really integrated racially, and it's basically a lot of writers and leaders that have come together, not necessarily one church, but they're doing some good stuff. Mm, love that. Maverick City. Maverick City. Well, that's fun. It's is kind of a collective Mm-hmm. So they're doing some neat stuff, and again, because of their style, I wouldn't do a lot of theirs. But a few have worked well for us. Um, I will occasionally pull from what everybody calls the big three: so Hillsong, Elevation, Bethel. Um, they probably have the biggest footprint right. in terms of the church in the West right now, um, and I don't mind pulling from them. But I'm I'm pretty caught, I'm pretty careful. Uh, I vet pretty thoroughly. Um, those are probably the ones I get most requests from, just because people are familiar with them. They're biggest, yeah, yeah, and that doesn't mean they're you know, good, bad, or indifferent, but I'm just a little more cautious um, because you know, we probably wouldn't draw as much from their teaching at platform. Mm -hmm. But I do think they have some excellent writing and and some of it is definitely worth using. So there are the ones I'd like wholeheartedly recommend, and others I'd go, just have your antenna up. But that doesn't mean it's not there's not some value there.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Well if I'm listening and I'm a person on a worship team at my local church, maybe it's Grace, maybe it's a different church. What's one thing you would say to help me stay fresh in ministry? Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, you get in a cycle
1: and a rhythm. And I remember there's been times over the years where I've said, man, I just feel like I'm clicking off miles. You know, a Sunday (laughs) is another mile marker, another exit. Um, It doesn't mean my heart's not in it, but it just felt a little routine. Mm -hmm. So it is so important. I think, one, to be sure you're being ministered to. And that may be outside of your church. Mm -hmm. There's a... um, Asked a gentleman last fall if he and I could start meeting together. He's also mm-hmm. in ministry, yeah. but he's not in our church and he's not even in our town. Uh, but we started meeting, and it's been so encouraging just because mm-hmm. I can ask him things or bounce things off and be praying about this. And he doesn't have a, you know, it's not awkward um, yeah. where sometimes, you know, there's relational dynamics and that sort of thing. And I'm thankful we're in a very healthy church and I love it. Mm-hmm. And I would say for anyone who um, is serving regularly, First of all, if you're struggling, tell your worship pastor or your pastor. Yeah. Don't struggle alone until you get to the point of going, man. I got to step down. This is driving me crazy. Right. And here. he or she goes, I had no idea.
0: Yeah. Like we, don't
1: we'd be praying for you. Yeah, we'd be praying. We're trying to figure out. And we've had people um, on our teams go, I'm just maxed out. Like mm-hmm. I've got this going on, and work's more demanding, and we've got we've had another baby since last year, and I think I need to step down. And so maybe things are for a season. And someone else on our team, I said, well, let's pull it back to. A less frequent schedule because I'd love you to stay involved, and that's what he wants. He's like, I want to be involved, mm-hmm. but something's got to go. And so we've been trying that rhythm. Yeah. So if you can be flexible, but be poured into, be poured into spiritually. Don't walk off the stage and check out. Right, uh, that can be a temptation for musicians is to walk off the stage and go, okay, I did my thing, and then pull out the phone and just start surfing. Man, follow the sermon, listen, mm-hmm. be praying for the Lord, and then rehash it with um, a friend or your family after service. One of the best things that I think are I think has been for our kids at the dinner table on Sunday is to go, all right, tell me one thing you heard today in the message. And for my youngest daughter who's still in children's ministry, tell me one thing you heard today in the children's message. Mm. And so we're living it just like anybody sitting in the pews or in the seats, um, with the life of the body, not just, and again, that's that mindset. of We're not just performers, but keeping it fresh.
0: Yeah. What's the funniest thing that's ever happened in a service
1: (laughs) and how did you recover? Well, the funniest thing that's happened didn't happen in a service. It involved a baptistry and forgetting <laughs> to turn off the uh, water.
0: Oh, thankfully, man. it didn't
1: happen on Sunday. Um, but uh, in a service, man. Well, I will say, I did lead one time with my uh, fly totally unzipped. <laughs>
0: I do not remember
1: that thing. The, the good thing is, that's why I play the guitar. <laughs> you only notice when you move the guitar over to the side. Like, Hello. Uh-oh.
0: Oh. Um,
1: the, uh, but I'll tell you this, like two weeks ago... Um, I broke a string. I, I get really into it sometimes, and I just I strum too hard. and I broke a string, and so it's in, and you try to it's still hanging on. It's like dangling yep, from the yep. neck of the guitar. I so saw. I'm that. trying to push it out of the way. Well, the problem is it throws the guitar out of tune, so it sounds bad. But you can't not play because it's like an amped up song. And I go to grab it to pull it down. The end of a guitar string is is like a needle. It's very thin. Even the even the oh, bass no. strings are wrapped. So I grab it. So it pokes a hole in my finger, and I feel it. No big deal. <laughs> But now I'm bleeding. bleeding and so I put my finger back on the fretboard <laughs> and I'm like, blood. and I'm going, well, this probably looks bad. And I'm looking for a place. I'm wearing dark pants. I'll wipe on the back of my jeans. So I try to do that. <laughs> so I'm just identifying with the sufferings of Christ up here. Don't worry about me. And trying to get rid of the blood. And then this and that was first service. So second service, I had it restrung just in time. But the problem is the new string never holds tuning. Yep. So about... I'm starting the second song or something and it just is way off. And I literally have to say to the congregation, I'm so sorry. I can't continue. It would be like audio abuse to you. Yeah. Even so, I figured
0: that out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So there was no escaping that. So my sons are playing guitar and he really can't hear me because he's got his earbuds in like the monitor. He's not just yeah. you know, listening to like his favorite band, but, um, I said, Sean, you're gonna to have to play that as a C chord. And he gives me this odd, like, what is going on? He didn't see yeah. what happened. Yeah. And so we, we fumbled through and the girl leading that song was great. She could, she could make it work. But I mean, that stuff happens. You
0: just roll <laughs> on just with it. It just happens. And it's true though. I, always, I think it's like the spirit's coming in a bigger way when you break a string. I feel like it's right. Pentecost. That'll be the day yeah. somebody says, that was the best y'all ever oh, did. You're yeah. like, oh great. Huh. Well, let me ask you this last question. And you know, the name of the podcast is Encounter Grace. So how have you encountered grace recently? oh man um well yeah
1: i mean so many things but i think one is just that hearing your children say how the lord has moved Mm, when they worship yeah or when they've listened to a message or when they've been involved in uh you know in your church where you love the people and they love your children and i would say um even someone recently reaching out to my daughter just yesterday um, saying how much they loved her and appreciate her. Like nothing does more for a father's heart Mm -hmm. than saying, you care for my child. You care about her spiritually and, and also just a heck of a lot of fun. And, um, and I just thought that's the grace of a body that worships together. This was a girl that uh, someone we all have a great deal of affection Mm -hmm. for. And, um, you, she's ministered us and vice versa. And when that happens, that only happens in the local church. Like that's just hard to happen. That's not happening. I mean, Folks listening to our podcast, if you're elsewhere, unfortunately, we don't get to experience that with you. But hopefully mm-hmm. you're in a place where someone does. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy you listen to on on the YouTube channel, he can't do that for you, although the teaching might be good. And to me, that's experiencing grace, encountering grace, mm-hmm. because God has put these people in this place for such a time as this, that we can love one another and encourage and equip. And that's a powerful thing.
0: Yeah, it totally is. Ken, thank you so much for taking the time to help us think through Uh, what it is to worship an awesome God, not only on our own, but also in the body of Christ. Friends, comment below. Share this if this encouraged you. Like and subscribe. We'd love to help everyone encounter more of God's grace. Take care and blessings. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit gracekinston.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.